Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our GYST podcast, where we help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast. Kyle, what is it also known as? Get your shit together. I like that. I hope you do. I struggled there for a moment. You did. What's going on? You over here drinking booze? And- Man, I was mid-burp and, you know, yeah, just like you're doing now. I think it's contagious. Whew. Um, I want to talk to you about something. Okay. The last episode that we recorded, episode 109, was all about the little things that we can do every single day that, that make an impact in our lives and whether or not we're doing that. Mm-hmm. And through that episode, one of the key things that struck out, that stuck out to me was both you and I, I felt were very specific in our vocabulary, Hmm. in our definitions of the words, in, in the way that we were saying certain things. We were saying, challenge the status quo, challenge your status we were talking about self-preservation mechanisms. I mean, there are so many things geared towards personal development and just everyday language that I think there's great value in that. Because again, it's it's the everyday language that we use day in, day out that also plays a factor in whether or not we are improving ourselves. And there's so many things that we say without even thinking about it that is negative. These are self-limiting beliefs that restrict us. And it's such commonplace that we don't even think about it anymore. And we did an episode a while back ago about self-limiting beliefs. And I don't want to make this about that, but what I do want to explore with you is what are some things that we're saying that... If we phrase it one way, it's negative. But if we phrase it a different way, even though we're essentially meaning the same thing, takes on a completely different perspective. And so one of the ideas that, or one of the things that I've been thinking about is something that that you and I always talk about is this podcast. We know every other Tuesday is podcast day. We know we're going to get together for lunch the day of. We know we're going to meet at the studio the day of. Crank out a couple episodes. Every other Tuesday, we've reserved for podcast day. When a friend of yours asks you, Hey, Kyle, it's been a while. Let's go get some dinner. Are you free this Tuesday? There's two things you can say. One is, oh, I can't. I have to record a podcast. I'm I'm a part of this podcast that, that I've committed to. By saying I have to, it means you are not in control of your own life. It almost makes it a burden. You know what? Oh, man, I know we haven't seen each other in a while, but I got to do this thing. Like, you know, guys are relying on me. If it weren't for them, like, man, I would be there with you. It's almost like you're passing the blame. But if you say I choose to. You're undermining yourself. Yeah. In your own commitment. Yeah. But if you say, you know what? I know it's been a while since we've got together. I'd love to get together with you. I just can't Tuesday because I choose to be a part of this podcast. It changes things. 
Because now you're saying you are in control of your life. You're not just letting life pass you by. You're being proactive instead of reactive. And not just that, but when we say stuff like we have to, we think about work. Oh, I have to go to work. Mm-hmm. I have to mow the lawn. I, I have to take out the trash. It's always something negative. But if you flip it around, I choose to go to work. I choose to mow my lawn. I choose to take out the trash. You are giving yourself a sense of power. And even though it's just a little change, you're just changing it from I have to to I choose to. What that does to your subconscious and what that does for yourself is just immeasurable. So I'd like to talk to you today about just the different vocabulary. Sorry, I don't know that one. (laughs) Alexa, you got to knock that off. Um, But I'd, I'd like to talk to you about that is just, you know, the different vocabularies that we use in every single day life that we don't think is that big of a deal. I th- that's huge. So you, you have now you have me analyzing how I discuss the podcast because if someone asks my reply is simply, oh, that's podcast night. Can we do it Wednesday or whatever else? I don't I don't think I say either. And now I'm I'm analyzing where that comes from. I don't say, oh, I have to do podcasts or I choose to do podcasts or I get to do podcasts. My response is almost, my response is programmed. I think I've just realized that. that This podcast has become such a part of my life, I don't even think about it. It's just something I do. It's a part of who you are now. Yeah. Which I think is great. But I also think it's because it's become a program. <laughs> and, you know, I mean. <laughs> and that, that's, that's, that's what this will do. But that's the language. And, and you're right. The, the vocabulary is absolutely powerful because the vocabulary tells you where you're at with something. And that tells me where I'm at with this. This is just a part of my life now. I still continue to learn and grow from this podcast every single time I'm here. There's absolutely no fucking doubt about it. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't do it anymore. I would just say, you know what, Rohit? I appreciate everything we've done. It's been a great ride. I can't continue to commit my time to this because I don't see this as me mutually beneficial. But I do, and I continue to see that, so I continue to show up. But I'm just now realizing what my vocabulary is is telling me. Um Vocabulary is, is I think, powerful. One of the, the hugest things uh, I think you and I have discussed in the past is when discussing time. Nobody has time. Mm. I don't have time. I don't have time. Oh, why didn't you get that done? I didn't have time. Why didn't you have time? Yeah. It's because you didn't make time. Mm. So if you can flip that around for yourself, Not on yourself, for yourself, because this is in order to improve you. Replace the phrase, I didn't have time or I don't have time, with I didn't make time. That is far more empowering. It gives you the control. 
It prevents you from undermining yourself and allows you to take charge. And from that, your actions will change because you will make time or you'll realize why you didn't make time. Yeah. I, that's one of the things that I really appreciate about you is you say that a lot. I feel you catch yourself when it comes to vocabulary. Like, same thing. If, if you say, oh, I, I didn't get a chance to do this because I've been busy, you'll say it, and then midway you'll stop yourself and be like, no, you know what, I need to own this. I didn't make the time. This was not a priority for me. And you own it. And I've seen you do that so many times, and you call me out when I'm doing the same thing. And it's so enlightening because what, what you're doing is you're realizing you have the ability to make a choice. 100%. But by saying, oh, I've been busy, that means you're a victim of circumstance. When people tell me that they're busy, all that tells me is you don't know how to manage time. So many of, of my, you know, of my good friends will tell me, I, I, I want to hang out with you. you. You mean a great deal. However, I've just been really busy and I haven't had time. To me, that's almost conflicting because if something is important enough to you, you will find the time to do it. You will, you will change things. You will, you will open up time. You will not go to the gym today to, to have dinner with someone who is of influence to you. And the other thing that telling me you're busy or that you've been busy, you've been swamped, things like that. When it's regards to something that we should be doing. So, for example, I um, was supposed to have lunch with someone. And that person came back and said, sorry, I've, I've been really swamped these past few weeks. Can we get together for lunch maybe in a couple weeks? What that's also telling me is there's a devalue of the other person's time. So what is it that you think that I do, that I have this complete abundance of time? The differences are I, I know how to manage my time, and I think it's the vocabulary that I use. Because I always tell everyone, when someone says to me, you know, um, this happened to me today. I, I spoke with my friend Brittany, and she's like, I want to hang out with you, but, but you're so busy. And I told her, I was like, look, my schedule is incredibly packed, but it's almost 100% flexible. Mm. The only time it's not flexible is when other people are depending on me for something. Recording days, for example. If it was just me, yeah, okay, I'll record tomorrow. Not a big deal. Let's get together today. But because other people are relying on me, I can't do that because I value your time. As in Kyle and, and everyone else who's a part of this podcast. And so... I think the term busy has just become something that we say without even thinking about it. It's just a way of your subconscious validating to itself, you're doing a lot of things. Anyone else wouldn't be able to handle this, but you are. I hate, I will never say I've been busy. I never use that word. I'll say I've been productive. I say that all the time because now all of a sudden it goes from disempowerment to empowerment. 
How have you been? I've been very productive. That's huge. I like that switch. And sorry if I cut you off. No, no, if you meant to keep no, going. no, you're you're fantastic. But it put a light bulb in my head. That saying almost forces you to be honest. Busy and productive are not the same thing at all. Yeah. Not even fucking close. Busy is folding the same shirt three times because you didn't get it right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Productive is doing four loads of laundry, sweeping him up in the house and putting the dishes away while listening to that brand new J. Cole album. <laughs> You're still pumped about that, I'm aren't so you? I'm so fucking pumped about that shit. <laughs> if you say, I was so productive, you have to back that up. Because productive is not a matter of opinion. Productive Productivity requires facts. It requires action. So I think that phrase, when I when I think of it, when I hear you say it, oh, I've just been so productive. That's a gut check because you got to ask yourself, have I really? What did I accomplish today? Wow. I spent all day doing stuff, being busy, but I didn't accomplish anything. Yeah. So I think that that phrase is huge. That's one of the things that um, in in the first level seminar that that I kind of open up with is, and I didn't do it to this last one that you were at, but normally when I have people introduce themselves to someone new at the end, I say, okay, how many of you guys heard one of two things? Either one, the person's occupation, because again, like we talked about 109, we define ourselves by our occupation or two. Do you hear the person say they've been really busy and it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. When, when someone tells you, oh, Kyle, man, I've been so busy, you don't even believe them. You just hear it. Yeah, you're right. You, it's it's almost like, how have you been? Oh, good. It's, it's like in passing. Yeah. It has no substance whatsoever. I don't know what to say, so I'm going to use... It, busy is a filler word now. It is. It's terrible. As you were discussing that, I wrote down... People say they're busy. It means they've been doing a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. That they uh, have some sort of importance, right? But when you say you're busy, you're convincing yourself that you're doing a lot of things. But I think that you're also convincing yourself that you're not worth anything else. Do you mind expanding on that for a second? Busy implies... That you don't have time for anything else. Right? Mm-hmm. It's an excuse that people use to imply that they don't have extra time for whatever it is that's being discussed. How have you been? Oh, I've been busy. You know, oh, we should definitely hang out. Yes, absolutely. I agree. I've just been so busy. It implies that you have things going on. Mm. Nine times out of ten, those things that are going on are not for yourself. They're for someone else. By you saying you're busy means you can't take on anything new. Means you can't work on yourself. Means you can't do things for yourself. It means you really don't believe you're worth it because you want to spend all your time on someone else's things. Man, yeah. That's good. 
Why is that the case? Why why do we fill our day with so many things that keep us busy mm-hmm. for somebody else, for some corporation, for someone else's happiness? As a child, if I don't clean my room, my mom's going to kick my ass. So all day on Saturday, I'm busy cleaning my room. I don't have time to go play because I have to clean my room. But if I would have done it throughout the week, mm. I'd have time for myself and do things that make me happy. But I don't think I'm worth it. Wow. Because we don't see the, the long-term effect. I don't want to clean right now. I, so I'm going to let future Kyle worry about that. Yeah. And by doing that, you limit yourself in the future by what you are allowed to and not do. 100%. See, I, I think when it comes to productivity, so for example, when, when I was working a traditional job, there's one girl who, my hours were seven to four. I came in at seven in the morning, left at four, full eight hours, did my job, no problem whatsoever. There was another girl who would show up about eight and would leave at six, five or six, working an extra hour more than me. And oftentimes I heard from my manager, well, look at, look at her. She's staying late. She cares about her job. She's dedicated. Why can't you be more like her? What was being failed to see, what I can accomplish in three hours takes her six. What I can do in eight is taking her 10. So why is it that that is valued more than productivity? Why is time spent showing a higher dedication to one's occupation. It's false perception. Right? Than what you're capable of doing. You and I, if... like We talked about this earlier. Uh, so, audience, um, Glenn's not feeling well, so he couldn't be in the studio. Amit and Gummel had uh, prior engagements. They couldn't make it to the studio. So it's just Kyle and I. And earlier you said... It's just you and I. Oh, we should be able to bang these out. No problem. Super quick. <laughs> yeah. And it, it changes things because you and I have it down to a routine. We've done, this is what, episode 110 now. Yeah. We've done this. We know how to do it. We don't have to explain to anyone. Even before we started recording, Kyle, are you ready? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. Let's go. Record. <laughs> Where is as, as I was looking at something you know, writing notes, you knew that I was ready for game time. Yeah. Once once the the switch is flipped, all right, let's do this. Phone's down, face down, doesn't matter. I'm looking something up real quick, taking notes, but when it's time to go, it's time to go. And so I can do that with you. If Glenn was here instead, I could not do that. Glenn's still fairly new. Yeah. I, I want to make sure that he feels confident enough in his notes and, and what he'd like to speak about and in the different topics that we're going to bring up. And so... There's, there's a certain comfort level in acknowledging one's contributions. And I think that's also something that entrepreneurs struggle with. As in, 
as a former worker bee, I know I need to work eight hours a day. And at the end of that eight hours, I'm going to be paid for eight hours. As an entrepreneur now, I can work 10 hours, but only make an hour's worth of money. <laughs> that sucks. Who would want to be an entrepreneur? Right? <laughs> it's funny. I it, On Instagram, I always like hashtag when I take pictures during the day of wherever uh-huh. I am, cubeless life. Cu- oh, I like that. You know? Yeah. I do trending? entrepreneur life and cubeless life. Is that trending? Uh, it, it may be someday. Um, but, but I think that's so important because when you are an employee, you're being paid for your hours of dedication. Even if your salary, you're being paid for X amount of, of hours that you're there. As an entrepreneur, you are being paid for your value and the worth and for, for your worth and the value that you can create. So this last seminar that I did is a friends and family seminar. I barely charge enough to pay for the hotel and stuff like that. That's not my intention. My intention is to get my friends and family there. And I only end up making like $1.67 an hour or whatever. Is that worth my time? No, not even close. But when I do other stuff, when I do like a, a seminar for a corporation and I charge 5K for eight hours of work, now all of a sudden, yeah, it's there. So I, I think it I think that's difficult for people to understand is you are going to be paid in the free enterprise what value you can bring. Same thing goes with you know for consultants and freelancers. It's it's a shift in the mindset, it's a shift in the vocabulary. We tend to use words to describe our situation. How are you? I'm busy. That's my situation. That's the circumstance that's controlling me. But what successful people do is they use words to change their perspective. How are you? I'm productive. What are you doing next Tuesday? I choose to do a podcast. It's changing the perspective, which Hmm. then sinks into into the subconscious. Saying I'm busy or I have to do this says I'm a victim to these external factors that are restricting what I can do. So it changes whether you allow something to empower you or disempower you. Yeah. So this podcast is not taking from my time. It's adding to my life. Huge. Huge. Like you and I talked about that day on the phone. We talked for like two, three hours that day. Yeah. And didn't even realize it. Yeah. But you had such amazing breakthroughs when you changed your vocabulary. Yeah. That conversation to me. Sacrifice. is Sacrifice. That's what it was all about. That word is what started. It was huge. That conversation to me is one of the highlights of my life. That was huge, man. I completely lost where else I was going to say because that came up and it was bringing me back to that that conversation in that moment. Um, but I had something. I swear I did. I swear I did. I just lost it. That's the problem with this. <laughs> Not being scripted. <laughs> <laughs> because it's real. It's so real, damn it. We bring you to real every week, GYSD podcast listeners. Dang. We don't fuck around. This ain't no scripted bullshit. Dang. This is me and you right here. Kyle Reed on the mic. 
Um, vocabulary is so fucking huge. When you take a look at how you use words, one thing I'm extremely fascinated by is my father. He decided <laughs> to become what? Every time you talk about your dad, I laugh. Oh, because you think of a uh, what's the guy's name? He looks like Major Nelson. Major Nelson, that's what it is. Larry Herb Xbox from guy or Xbox, whatever. yeah. Yeah. One picture. <laughs> I'll show you recent pictures. Anyway, so my dad watched a documentary and decided to do a, a vegan challenge, like a forty-day thing. Somebody did a documentary about it. I don't remember which one it was, and he was like, "You know what? I'm going to try that." Tried it, lost a little bit of weight, felt good, liked some of the new foods he was trying out. And he's still uh, kind of a modified vegan to this day. He doesn't consume any meat or dairy other than occasional fish. Um, and not even what very is that, often. pescatarian? Kind of like a pescatarian, um, but he doesn't consume any other dairy at all. A lot of pescatarians will be like a vegetarian, but they bring in seafood. And they'll bring in other seafoods like shellfish and shrimp. He doesn't eat that. He eats occasionally salmon, and not even very often. Um, and that has nothing to do with this, right? But where I'm going with this is when people will ask him, can you eat that? He'll say, yeah, I can eat whatever I want. I choose not to. Oh, yeah. And he's like so adamant about saying it, and I'm, it's so fucking powerful. And I'm like, Dad, where'd you, you never talk like this. <laughs> Have you been listening Where to my podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you get this shit from? <laughs> Damn, this is fucking liquid gold. You should bottle this shit up and sell it. And it it's so powerful because it also changes the way I talk to him mm-hmm. about things pertaining to his, his diet choices, right? Um, my brother's birthday was a couple of weeks ago, and I was out of town, and he was out of town. Like, back-to-back weeks were both out of town. So just this past Saturday, we had dinner at the house. I did some reverse your ribeyes, and then I did a bunch of veggies and stuff for my dad. My sister's also kind of a modified pescatarian. She will sometimes eat dairy. My dad doesn't touch it. Um, and I said, what did I ask him? It was something else. It, it was some food item. I can't remember. I didn't say, can you eat this? I said, do you ever eat this or have you eaten this? And that was a very um, prescriptive word choice brought on by his word choices, by him correcting myself and others that, yeah, he can have whatever he wants to. He just chooses not to. He realizes that he has the power to make the decision. So when I ask him a question, I also want to realize in my question that the power is his not the guidelines of some diet because he can do whatever he wants. You can do whatever you want. I can do whatever I want. I don't have to be, there's no vegan God that's going to strike me down if I ate something that has butter in it on accident. Right. Mm -hmm. But I choose to avoid those things. So his vocabulary changes my vocabulary when I interact with him. And I think that's very telling, and I and I can only hope that my, what I like to consider positive changes in vocabulary, are affecting someone else's changes in their vocabulary with how they interact with me and others. I think it's huge. I'm fascinated by it. 
every time I fucking talk to him about it. And he still prescribes to that thinking, and I love it. Yeah. That's positive and empowering at the same time. And it's it's all in, in the way that you say things. And when people say that they have to do something, I have to pay my taxes. No, you don't. I have to go to work. No, you don't. The only things that we can't control are when we're born and when we die. Mm-hmm. But if you say, I choose to because I don't want to suffer the consequences. Again, that's, that's taking ownership. That's realizing that you've got flexibility in your life. Do I pay my taxes? Yes. Why? Because I don't want to have the consequences of not paying my taxes. So I choose to do it. And I think the same thing goes when it comes to it, talk about self-limiting stuff. I can't afford it. Could I go out and buy a Lamborghini right now? I could. I choose not to. But to say, oh, I can never afford that, then what's that doing? That's always having a Lambo as a pipe dream. Some I'm never going to even come close to. Hmm. But by saying I could, I just choose not to. Because I really could if I wanted to. Sell my house today, buy a Lambo tomorrow. I could do it. No problem whatsoever. <laughs> but I choose not to. Could you be sleeping in that bitch? Yeah. Man. And this place is far more comfortable probably. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> but, but here's something else that, that people say. I can't do this. Oh, we just talked about that. Instead of saying, I haven't done this yet. One is saying, I can't and I never will be able to. The other is just saying, I haven't done this yet. But I'm, I'm sure I can I figure could. it out. Yeah. It's a change in, again, one is describing the situation. I can't do this. Matt Badgley had a similar experience. When he opened up the the seminar, Matt, can you do this? Yeah, no problem whatsoever. He came over weekend after weekend, practice. I got this in the bag. It's no problem whatsoever. And when he did it for real, he struggled. And it suddenly became real to him. And I think had he been in the mindset of, I haven't done this yet, as opposed to, oh, I can do this, no problem. He would be better off because you're allowing yourself a little bit of flexibility. By saying, yeah, I can do this, no problem, you're guaranteeing absolute 100% perfection. And if you get 99, now some that causes self-doubt. Because your expectation was so high. Your expectation of yourself was beyond reachable capacity. Yeah. As you were saying that I wrote down, I can't, well, essentially the greater than, less than uh, symbol. I can't do this is less than I've never done this. I think it's okay to recognize fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think within your vocabulary, we're not necessarily saying you have to change, I can't do this to, I've never done this, but I can do this. Or I haven't done this yet. It could be, I've never done that before. Oh. Because it's, I think that it's good to recognize that it's okay to have a little bit of healthy fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. 
because I think that that is what will drive dedication and commitment to complete something. So you're talking about almost using it as fuel to to propel yourself forward. I think so. Feed off of it. I think so because I think that it's something that. So we talked about time, right? And people will abuse time because they think they always have more, right? And people will abuse your time because they think that you have more than they do. And they think that yours is less valuable than theirs. Because you make yourself available to them, they think you will always be available to them. Mm. You're too available, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you're, you're the guy that is always available on Friday night. For a yeah. girl to go out on a date with or whatever, right? Whatever, whatever, however that goes. I almost forgot where I was going with this. But I th- I think that the idea of saying something like, I've never done this, to allow yourself to feel the fear and anxiety gives you an opportunity to drive you forward. Because if I said, hey, Rohit, you want to help me build this chair? And you've never built a chair before. Well, that doesn't sound very challenging. Or or I give you, Rohit, you can have these four chairs, but you got to build them. Okay. I've never built a chair before, but sure. And then sit in your garage. You have no desire, dedication, or willpower to build those chairs because you're overly confident in your ability. Building a chair doesn't scare you or uh, invoke any real emotional response. But if I said, hey, Rohit, I signed us up to go jump out of an airplane. Yeah. I've never done that before. I'm scared. We're going to do it next week on Saturday. What do you got going on? I don't know. I don't know. But you're going to figure out how to overcome that fear. Mm-hmm. Because this is something that is not always available to you. Bro, if you had nothing going on, we're going to go skydiving. We can go Saturday. Even if you have no desire whatsoever to go skydiving, the fact that something that has never been available to you has become available, I, th- I believe will provide the motivation you need to take the steps to overcome those fears and accomplish something. And acknowledging that you've never done it and you're afraid to do it, I think is okay. But to say that you can't is truly disempowering. Yeah. You're you're limiting yourself. Yeah, 100%. to such a degree. And and here's the thing. We talked about a lot of phrases that we use in everyday vocabulary all the time. Been busy. Um, I have to do this or or I can't do this. I mean, there's so many things that we mentioned today. And here's what I want the audience to really know is if we use it in every single day vocabulary, that means it's so ingrained into us that we don't allow ourselves room to grow. If I say, man, I mean, I know, I know this one guy, you know him too. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Every time you ask him how he's been, oh man, Kyle, let me tell you, I've been so busy. 
Every single time. Every single time. No matter if you ask about his personal life, if you ask him about his professional life, that's the answer you're always going to get. At what point do you say, wow, if, if that's what I tell everyone, that I'm always busy, what am I doing with my life that's allowing me, why am I allowing myself to be so busy and preoccupied that I can't hang out with a friend? That I can't get together for a movie. That I can't get together for dinner. And what does that do with those interactions? You stop getting invited. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, they're so busy. They have, we won't even invite them. We won't consider them. Yeah. And and that happens all the time. Um, I've got a very, very good friend who uh, always questions why I don't invite her. But if she turns down... 19 out of 20 of my invitations. Oh, better than 9 out of 10. Right? Man, that's 95%. Man, so why? Yeah, why do you continue to do it? Even though I'm very flexible with my schedule, I value my time. Here's the difference. If if you don't go to work today and you take a sick day, you get paid for that. Or if you take a vacation day, you get paid for that. I don't. (laughs) <laughs> so like podcast recording days where we get together for lunch and then you know people start showing up about three or four and, and we don't get out of here until about 10 that's almost a full day i'm not making any money no like zip and again if you if you change your vocabulary i'm losing money because i know what i'm capable of i know how much i can earn in a day based off my worth and my value and what I can create in the free enterprise. So by by me committing every other week to this podcast, it's essentially saying, okay, you know, here's three, four hundred dollars that is out of my pocketbook or whatever. Mm-hmm. I I think we need to value other people, not just who they are, but their time. More so than anything else. Because at the end of the day, that's all we have. That's all we can truly give someone is our time. You have made such a commitment that this is a part of who you are now. That there is such a huge piece of Kyle Reed in this GYST podcast. When you are breathing your last breath, And you say, man, I wish I had five more minutes. Think about all the hours that you've spent in this studio that could give you five more minutes with the the friends you love and and your family and whatnot. At least 110 hours. Right? It's, it's (laughs) It's huge. Yeah. And it's not just what you are learning. Because we talk about that all the time, you and I. We do this podcast because of how much you and I learn. Think of all the people around the world that that are directly impacted by Kyle Reed gifting to the world his experiences. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. It's huge. People don't value others' time because they don't value their own time either, I don't think. I wrote something down and I, we got to wrap up soon, but 
I wrote this down, and as you were discussing, because I wrote it down and I forgot about it, but then you were mentioning that it, it, it came back to, to light. We allow our lives to get scheduled for us. Oh, instead of by us. Right. And this is becoming more in time, but still, still mm. has to do with vocabulary, right? Your life is scheduled for you instead of by you. Because you allow events to consume you when you should really discuss them. Because the discussion of the event will lead to an appreciation of the event. Now, this Saturday, I have a birthday party to go to. I actually can't remember if it's Saturday or Sunday, but I'm going to find out probably as soon as we wrap up here. Uh, I have a birthday party to go to for my little niece, Melani. Now, I would not really for any reason miss this event. So it's not even really a consideration in my mind that I wouldn't be going. But to allow it to just be scheduled into my life, it's not necessarily a good thing either. So it's okay to discuss events and talk about them and make sure you use language that's empowering that lets you know that you're deciding to go and take part in this little girl's birthday and celebrate this little girl rather than allowing it to be scheduled and I can't go golfing on Saturday guys because I got a birthday party to go to no I get to go because I truly do have a choice I don't have to go So why do I say it? Why do I say it? And if a conversation about the event helps, then have that conversation. Okay, well, I understand we got the birthday party. I'd really like to go golfing because this weekend is supposed to be nice on Saturday. Sunday it's probably going to rain. I've got a tournament coming up in a couple of weeks. I need to hone my craft. I need to improve. (laughs) I'm just, you know, making shit up. Um, even if you wouldn't ever, ever skip this birthday party just to go golfing, I think to have the discussion allows you to use vocabulary that empowers your decision-making process and also provides you with more value in the event that you're going to. Oh, almost like you're setting yourself up for success rather than failure. Absolutely. Because you are recognizing that you're choosing this event over other events. Because you're not just simply accepting this as the status quo, as we discussed, right? You're saying this is an event that I have an opportunity to attend. I don't have to attend this. But you know what? Hey, this person and their family mean a lot to me. And I want to be there for them and I want to celebrate with them. So golfing now is not as important to me anymore. Now I really truly understand the meaning of this event because I've had a discussion about it. And I've chosen my words wisely. And those words have allowed me to realize how meaningful this event is. What, what you just said, and, and I know we're getting ready for your two-minute takeaway, Um what you just said reminded me of one of the episodes that we did called I Want To, But. Oh, man, I forgot about that. Right? When 
And and the reason why I thought about this is because you were talking about I choose to and, and then you're talking about celebrating life. For my birthday, I do a huge party. Mm-hmm. I invite as many people as possible. And it's, for me, a moment of, of self-reflection. At some point, I will excuse myself from the party and I will kind of peek at the party through a window. I'll, I'll be outside and I'll look through the kitchen window or something like that because I want to see people laughing and having a good time. At the same time, I realize I've made an impact in people's lives, positive or negative. People are there to to support me. And what I think about is who was not here last year that is here this year? And what did I do to attract these people into my life? They chose to give up their time to celebrate my life and my friendship and my place in their life. That's amazing. At the same time, who was here last year that isn't here this year? And what happened that they're no longer part of my life? Did I do something wrong? Did they do something wrong? But but for me, it's such a moment of reflection. And I think about what other people tell me. Oh, sorry we couldn't make it, but we couldn't find babysitters. Okay, I, I understand that. I don't have any kids, so, mm-hmm. you know. But I feel like you only have the right to say that if you made an attempt to find a babysitter. But there's so many things that just come at you that you automatically dismiss without ever giving it any real thought, which is what this episode was, you know, I want to, but. Yeah. And I think there there's such great value in that. And I was thinking about what you said earlier about skydiving. I don't have a desire to skydive. I don't know anything about skydiving. But I bet you anything, if you came up to me and said, let's go skydiving, I'm going to pay for it. Whereas before I'd be 100%, no. Now I might be 99%. Because there's that, in my mindset, oh, there, now all of a sudden there's value. There's, you know, $200 value. I could save myself and get this new experience without paying anything for it. And the experience is priceless. Yeah. Sorry. And so I I just think that, I mean, man, and we talked about so many great things on this. And I think you and I are at a point now where we almost struggled with this topic. And, And I say this because you and I don't use this vocabulary anymore. Mm -mm. So it's almost like we have to put ourselves in that mindset and be like, wow, when other people tell us this, this is what they might be saying. But now that I don't use this anymore, this is the message that's being come across. Someone says they're busy all the time. That tells me they don't know how to manage their time. (laughs) But it's something I used to say all the time. How have you been? Oh, man, I've been so busy because I don't want people to know that, oh, I've been home twiddling my thumbs watching TV. What have you been doing? Absolutely nothing. Right? We don't want to do that. And what would you do? I I popped a bag of microwave popcorn and then I lined them all up from shortest to tallest. The kernels? Each individual popped popcorn. How many were in the bag? Man, Kyle, I've been so busy. 
But have you been productive? <laughs> right? Man, Kyle, I've been so busy. I mowed the lawn today. How long did it take you? Well, six hours. I took lots of breaks, but you know. No. <laughs> be productive. Don't be busy. I'm tired of your excuses. Yes. Get out of here. Get out of here with this fucking bullshit busy work. Man, value Kyle Reed's time. God damn it. Please. And it's okay to take six hours to do your lawn. If... It's for therapeutic purposes. Okay, I'll give you that. I like that. <laughs> Only if. Only. Allergies Man. are killing me, but I'm relaxed. But I'm relaxed. I'm <laughs> chilling with this Claritin and this iced tea, baby. Um, I, I like the idea of the power of vocabulary. And today's episode was really just all about that. Are you busy or are you productive? Do you not have time or did you not make time? Do you have to or do you get to? You have more choices than you believe. And those choices are not just life choices. They're also vocabulary choices. Your vocabulary choices can either empower or disempower you. And they will lead you to your life choices. Because if I continually say, I have to do this or I have to do that. And I use that word as a crutch to continue to allow myself to be undermined by some task. Where else am I taking that into my life? But if I take that word and flip it around and use it as a tool and know that I have a task list. And these are the things that I want to accomplish. And damn it, I'm not going to sleep until they're done. So I have to do these things because I won't allow anything less myself. That's a tool. That's the power of vocabulary where we're not just saying change the phrase because that is huge. And don't get me wrong, but change the meaning in your words. You can say the same thing and it can mean completely different things. And you can use it in a different light. Now, tonight I have to go to sleep. Not because I don't have a choice, but because my choice is tomorrow morning I want to wake up rested. Tomorrow morning I want to bust my ass to get as much stuff accomplished as possible. And I know that in order to do that, I need to be well rested. So the decision I'm making is to go to bed at a decent time get some rest and wake up and conquer the day. So with that, to all my GYST podcast listeners, conquer the day. Thanks again for tuning in this week to another fantastic episode of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as get your shit together. Check us out next week for another fantastic episode. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together.